0: the technical difficulties like my name was el nino welcome to the word of the bay podcast my name's kyle my name is nick and joining us today you might know him from scout buccaneers you may know him from 987 the fan you might even know him from 620 wdae when he used to give shit to the uh to old uh dancilio on the Dan Cilio morning show <laughs> justin <laughs> justin pulowski joins us on the podcast welcome yes, sir. yes
1: and i am glad to be here and what a great night to have me on i mean we it's like we planned this out
0: we did we did kind of plan it out it's uh, it's, it. We were supposed to do it last night. And boy, am I glad that didn't happen because...
1: <laughs> we would have just been shooting the shit and really not having anything relevant to talk about. Actually, we would have been speculating Nick Saban and John Gruden and whatever other big name you want to throw out there. Now we can just talk about Dirk Cutter.
0: Well, you know what was funny last week? Not to... Like, last week, we... Uh, Nick and I recorded on i think what was it wednesday yeah it was the day before wednesday no it was the day of wednesday at eight o'clock yeah so him and i are sitting there at wednesday we're like well obviously lovey had his had his he did the radio show on 620 he had his Mm -hmm. press conference so he's going to be the the head coach next year whatever (laughs) and then at 10 o'clock my phone blows up and i'm like oh god this would happen like the day of the podcast (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is I don't remember if it was Raheem or if it was Shiana when they got fired. everyone knew they were going to get fired, and but they still did their post season press conference. One of them still did their post season press conference, and I'm sitting there going, "That sounds like a Shiana they, move." Are they really not going to fire this asshole? I mean, how, how are they not firing this guy? That feels and like then, Shiana. And then it was just the, I, I don't know. The timing of the Glazers has always been very, very awkward. It has. No, I, I mean, I don't know why that is. I don't know why they can't just do things like other teams, but we're going to fire Lovey in the middle of the night on a Wednesday. And then everyone thinks it's going to beat Dirk cutter. And Hey, you know what? We're going to wait more than a week and, you know, let all the U bucks fans think that we're going after a big name. Because initially we all thought it was going to be Dirt Cutter, maybe a couple of days, and then you go ahead and sign them after you satisfy the Rooney rule. But the longer it waited, the more speculation that was out there. And I just wonder if they waited so long that now the people that were like, okay, let's go with Dirt Cutter are like, oh, kind of a letdown because they were imagining all of these fictitious, big name coaches mm-hmm. that were going to come in. And now it's Dirt Cutter who's never been a head coach in the NFL and, I'll tell you, they are rolling the dice big time. This is a a really, really risky move by this organization that has changed coaches a lot over the last five years.
0: Yeah. You know what it says to me? It says that they're... They're pushing all the chips into the center on Jameis Winston. Like, okay, this is our franchise quarterback. He did well with him in the first year. We want to keep consistency around him. So let's just, let's just go with the guy that he had in his first year he did well with. Let's build off of that, and let's hire him as the head coach. We obviously don't want to lose him to a, a San Francisco or a Philadelphia or, or a, a New York or whomever uh, talk to him. but it's- I mean,
1: I, I, I understand what you're saying, but they needed to hire the right guy this time. You know, and Dirk Cutter might be the right guy, but I'll tell you, there's there's just there's a ton of risk there with him, him never being a head coach before. I think when you look back in the history of uh, some of his offenses, he's his offenses have put up a lot of yards, but there have been also a lot of times where his offenses don't put up a whole lot of points. And that was also the case this past season where right. his offense was a top five offense when it came to yards, but they were 20th in the league in points scored. Points wins you games. Yards don't win you shit. Right. So, that just te- that
2: just tells me they're good within between the 20s.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've got to find a way to, to score touchdowns. Now, very young offenses here. They're going to have stability there. And I think we all know sitting here doing this podcast right now um, and people listening and tuning in. Um, the defense is the most important thing that needs to be fixed. I mean, stability on offense is great, but if they if they don't fix this defense, they're going to continue to be a train wreck. So the defensive coordinator, to me, Dirk Cutter's not a splash hire. I think he's a, he's a safe hire to keep stability. He's a very the, safe hire. The, the splash hire ne- needs to be on defense, and I hope that they – get their acts together and go and get the right guy. I've heard these, this speculation that they're going to just make the uh, defensive line coach, Joe Cullen, the defensive coordinator. If they do that, it's going to be a fucking disaster and they all (laughs) deserve to be fired over the next couple of years. I, I just, I mean, how can you go to your fans and say, you know what? We fixed it everything's done we're good to go what we did was promote our offensive coordinator and head coach and our defensive line coach to defensive coordinator yeah I mean that doesn't sound like a big fix to me sorry
0: no it doesn't at all you're right you're you're absolutely right the the defense you said the, the offense was what five last year or this yeah, top five top five and then the defense finished didn't the defense finish 10 yep 10th but but when when you look at the the uh the efficiency on the defense we were close to the bottom on that uh and and I think everybody can agree everybody that's listening or at least uh you know all of us on the podcast can all agree that it really wasn't that good last year and a lot of what people want to forget about the last four games in the season is how bad the offense played they played terrible it was a whole team effort uh, you know we're all out there losing together as a team
1: yeah you know and it it, it's 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 true, I wish they would have b- built a little better depth, especially at wide receiver. you know you got a rookie quarterback, you know, just one or two um injuries you know to Vincent Jackson and Lewis Murphy. now you're having to trot out undrafted free agent, wide receivers, and you know dante die and and Adam Humphreys are nice guys, nice players, but come on, I mean, one of them had to start. The other had to be the slot receiver in the, those last four games of the season. And that's just – that's devastating for but your you, young you quarterback.
2: Those are those are nice guys to have, you know, third and fourth guys. We, we would have been good with them being the third and fourth wide receiver. Not well, when they have to start. Or fifth
1: and, or fifth and sixth. I mean, or, oh, yeah, emergency and, guys. And, and, and to be quiet, I mean, to be honest, I mean, one of them – one of them should have been on the roster, not both of them. And, you know, it's not like the Bucks were devastated by injuries. They had two injuries to two wide receivers, and all of a sudden, since they had those two injuries, they had to throw out these undrafted free agents. But top five in offense, 20th in points scored, top 10 in defense, and they were in the 20s. They gave up uh, around 26 points a game. So you could talk about yards all you want, but points, that's you know, scoring points offensively and then defensively not giving up points is how you win, and that's why the Bucks were 6-10 and 10 last year. So now that Dirk Cutter's taken over, um, I hope he's going to open up the offense. I hope they're going to score points offensively and be aggressive, and I hope they go out and they get an aggressive, attacking defensive coordinator, um, and I think they need new blood to yeah. be quite and I know I they kept Hardy Nickerson, and I know they kept, Um, Joe Cullen, but I would really like to see a whole new, again, I like Hardy Nickerson is a great football player, but I, I really don't think it would hurt this defense if they brought in all new blood across the board, a new mentality, and they attacked the hell out of opposing offenses, so... Be interesting to see. Yeah, I,
0: I really i i i'd like to echo that because I really hope that what we do, what we don't do, is just go and hire somebody from within the defense. Uh, we we need to, we really do need to go out and change the philosophy on defense, or at least or at yeah, least needs have to a, be a
2: different thought process on the defense. There, there needs,
0: needs to the ball. be a lightning bolt. Something has to change. They've been so bad since the since the Shiano days, and even a little bit in the Shiano days, they've just been so bad. It's got to change. You got to imagine that. Next year there'll be some consistency on offense, and we'll see more or less the same unit that that we did this year. Uh, but on the defense, there's got to be change. Changes need to be made, and there needs to be there needs something's got to. To I don't know.
1: One thing they've, they, they've got to find energy, and not only energy, but they've got to find uh, anger on defense. Um, you know, Lubby Smith was such a nice guy and soft spoken, and Leslie Frazier was such a nice guy and soft spoken. I'm sorry, but you've got to be mean sons of bitches yeah, out there, and you've, and you've got to be—you've got to be sl- at least slightly crazy to play defense in the NFL. And Absolutely, I, I just, I, the Bucks don't have enough crazy. They don't have enough angry uh, anger. They don't have enough um, swagger. They don't have that those type of players on defense. And so that's what's that's what's gotta be brought coaching wise, and that's what's gotta be attacked this off season in free agency and the draft. To me it's more of a mentality thing than a talent thing, and I hope they bring in that type of mentality.
0: Well the one the one thing I hear over and over again about Dirk Cutter is that he is able to adjust his schemes to fit his players or at least he's willing to do that. So I, I really hope that he takes that philosophy over to the defense. I and I have no reason to believe that he won't Mm -hmm. So I really hope that he goes out there and looks at Levante David, looks at Gerald McCoy. He goes and looks at the the corners that he has in Jonathan Banks and in Alteron Werner if they stay. He goes and looks at his Quan Alexanders and his Danny Lansavas. uh, And he says, okay, these are the guys I got. What's the scheme that's going to best fit those guys? How can I make them perform to the top of their level in a defensive scheme? And I hope he goes out and hires based on that
1: yeah you know and um, there are a lot of good candidates out there I think to be a defensive coordinator. I don't know who I don't know the um, up and comers I think you can you know make assumptions by some of the great defenses out there and position coaches that you could look at but it's there's no there's no doubt in my mind the top name available is uh, Jim Schwartz. Um, who was a defensive coordinator with Buffalo um, two years ago. They led the league in sacks. They were top four in yards and points against. He he had a dominant defense that year. The only reason he left Buffalo was because Rex Ryan came in, and Rex Ryan was going to run his own defense. And so they got rid of Jim Schwartz, and Buffalo's defense took a huge step back. This year before that, he was with Detroit. Of course, we all know as a head coach, right. um, you know, it didn't work out and not, it doesn't work out for a lot of people, Do you uh, know what... a lot of head coaches in Detroit. But before that he was with the Tennessee Titans and they had one of the most dominant defenses in the NFL. Remember that was when the Titans were going 14 and two, 13 and three every right. year under Jeff Fisher. And they were doing it behind their defense and how physical their defense was. So to me, he's the top defensive coordinator. And the Bucks made Dirk Cutter the highest-paid offensive coordinator this past year. Now he's the head coach. I would love to make Jim Schwartz the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the NFL and bring him in. And you got two aggressive-minded coaches leading your football team.
0: Uh, I mean, that, that would be a dream. What, what kind of a scheme does uh, Jim Schwartz run? I don't, I'm not entirely sure.
1: It's a 4-3. It's it? a 4-3 scheme. And, and I'm glad you brought up scheme because I don't know about you guys, but I don't think scheme should be important. You know, I know you yeah, brought in guys. this might be a time
2: for a scheme change.
1: I mean, I know you brought in guys to play the 4-3, but great players to me fit in any scheme. And as you said, coaches are going to adapt to their players and right. there's a lot of there's a lot of coaches now that are running this hybrid 4-3-3-4 defense. Todd Bulls runs it in New York. He ran it in Arizona as well. Um, I think Quan Alexander can fit in any defense. He's a talented individual. He can fit in any defense. I think when you look at Levante David, people say, oh, he can't play in a 3-4. He's too small. Levante David's greatest strength is attacking and blitzing the quarterback. Right. What the hell do you think outside linebackers do in a 3-4 defense? Yeah, I mean, was, they attack and they get after the quarterback. He was I great blitzed. at that in the channel yeah, defense. He, I know he's not, I know he's not, doesn't have the ideal size, but then you get creative with it. You run loops and, and stunts and you send the linebackers different directions, but that's up to the defensive coordinator to get creative with that. And then the other argument is Joe McCoy, oh, he doesn't fit a 3 4 defense. Well, you know, the, the prime example is Fletcher Cox with the Philadelphia Eagles. People call him one of the most dominant defensive linemen in the NFL. He's almost a mere image of Gerald McCoy, probably a better fit in a 4-3. But guess what scheme they were running in Philadelphia this year where he became, I believe, an all-pro. He's definitely a pro bowler, and he's a great player. He was playing a 3-4, and he fit in just fine there. Great players can fit in any scheme. And if the Buccaneers have truly great players like those three players, they should be able to fit into any scheme. So if you were going to switch schemes, now's the time to do it.
2: I think Uh, absolutely they do. Go ahead, Nick. Now going back to the Jim Swartz, do you think he maybe brings Mario Williams into the field if we, if we sign him as a as a coach? Just because the the Buffalo connection?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a, that's a pretty obvious connection, and it's been brought up um, by a few people, um, and he's going to be available. He's thirty one years old, so. You know how much does he want, and how long does he want that money for? Yeah, I think that does have to come into consideration. There's going to be other defensive linemen, Olivier Vernon um, down in Miami. He's going to be a free agent. I think the Broncos have a difficult decision. You know, they do have uh, Osweiler, who's going to be a free agent, and you know, we could sit here and say, oh, Osweiler, he's not very good, but if they let him go and they let Peyton, they don't have, a they have quarterback. nothing. Yeah. So, so it's <laughs> it's almost like they have to sign Brock Osweiler, who did help them get to the postseason season um, this year. He was definitely an improvement over what Peyton Manning was earlier in the season. Uh, but then on defense, they have Von Miller, who's going to be a, a free agent. So which, which one of those players becomes the bigger priority for the Broncos. And I think, I think all of us could say, well, Von Miller's the better player, but, Brock Osweiler play, plays the more important position. Absolutely, so I, I I think that's a that's a decision to keep an eye on. And if Von Miller gets the free agency, everyone is going to go after him. But the Bucks have fifty million dollars in cap room, so they've got as good a shot as any anyone to uh, overpay for a great player like Von Miller. So those are just a few of the names of the players that are going to be out there. I don't know if the Bucks would be interested in a three fingered jason pierre paul <laughs> give him a hometown discount yeah. you so know um,
2: finger you know give a three finger
1: discount. Uh, yeah exactly and um um but there'll be pass rushers and there'll be pass rushers in the draft and you know it's probably it's going to be a process for the defense it'll probably take a couple of years but um you know if they have the right guys calling the shots jason light's proven to be a pretty good talent evaluator it's going to be up to the coaching staff to uh Coach these guys up and make sure T- to me defense is so much of a mentality though, and that's that's why mentality um, and mental makeup is going to be the most important aspect of everything for the bucks this off season on both sides of the ball, but more importantly defense
0: you mentioned you mentioned real quick Jason Light and uh, uh news came out today that uh john robinson the the, the uh, head of uh i think it was pro player personnel wasn't it
1: yeah director well he was a director of Director of player personnel. Of
0: player personnel. He was hired uh, by the Titans to be the GM. How much of an impact do you think that's going to have on our front office?
1: I think it's going to have an impact. Um, he was Jason Light's right-hand man. Just taking a sip of my beer, sorry. Don't worry. Um,
0: <laughs> this podcast is littered with me taking sips of whiskey. <laughs>
1: That's okay. You know, I figured I'll just have a beer. I'll have, I made some popcorn. I'm just yeah, to yeah, sit yeah. here and That's watch, exactly, yeah. watch Twitter tonight and see how people <laughs> see react. What,
0: yeah. See what blows up.
1: Um, what was I saying before? The, uh, oh, the, oh, John, John Robinson.
0: Robinson. Yeah.
1: So he was Jason lights, right hand man. Um, very good evaluator spent a lot of time with the Patriots. Um, it's going to be a loss. It's going to be a big loss. Um, I think he's going to do very well with Tennessee. What a great situation to go into. You know, you have Marcus Mariota, quarterback. You have the first overall pick in the draft again. You can get creative. I really hope that he doesn't decide to stick with Mike Malarkey as head coach in Tennessee. Like, why is that even an option? Mike Mularkey's a horrible coach. It's <laughs> true. What are yeah. you thinking? Um, so good for him. Uh, how it affects the Bucks? I mean, he was in charge of ball scouting, so, right. you know, I mean, that's really been a strength uh, of the Buccaneers over the last couple of seasons under Jason Light. Now, that's not taking anything away from Jason Light. I don't, I don't know if the Buccaneers are going to suffer a big dip um, because I think Jason Light's really good at what he does, and I think what the Bucks will ultimately do is elevate their director of college scouting director of player personnel right. uh, and hopefully that's not a big drop off either but remember you know guys Jason Light's well connected I mean he's been with the the Patriots and the Eagles and the Cardinals during each of those teams heyday um, he knows a lot of people around the NFL so if it's not somebody from within the organization I'm confident that Jason Light can go out and find uh, somebody that he'll be able to mesh with Uh, very well and uh, continue that strong front office for the Bucs.
0: I I never thought I'd see a more volatile situation than after Shiana was fired, but, I mean, here we are, and I got to think that the the Glazers are going to do anything in their their power to make it right. So when we talk about guys like Jim Schwartz and we talk about these big free agents like the the Mario Williams, I got to think that that's not outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, they they went out in this coaching search and they said, hey, we want to make a splash with this coach, and they they hired uh, Dirk Cutter, uh but Which I wa- is not a slot it's not a splash but i wonder i wonder if they're actually are going to try to get like a jim schwartz in here and and really make a make a big impact on the, the defensive side of the ball and say hey look you know we're committed to making this change and go out and sign a few a few free agents well
1: you know and and yeah i'm glad you brought that up about uh, about the glazers because they take a lot of shit and you know, sometimes, rightfully so. I've, I've given them uh, a lot of shit in this in this situation. You know, people say oh, they keep changing coaches. Well, we can give them shit for hiring the wrong coaches, but I'm not gonna. I'm damn sure not gonna give them shit for firing coaches after they fail. I mean, what, what right. people call the Bucks the Browns because they're changing coaches every two years. Well, who who would you? I mean, so so if they keep Lubby Smith as head coach. Um, by the way, I'm seeing some things on Twitter that uh, the Eagles are going to be going hard after Jim Schwartz Oh really? as their defensive coordinator. So that kind of sucks. Did they make They're any... saying that the Bucks may go may go after Mike Smith, the old Atlanta Falcons head coach, to be their defensive coordinator. So take that be for like, what it is. The Atlanta switch uh, flip flop with Co- uh, I was Cutter. I was gonna say, you know Smith. what?
2: Cutter has a,
0: a relationship with Mike Smith. So, oh yeah, yeah, he does. I wonder. Yeah.
1: That, and that does make sense, and I'd I'd be much better with that than with uh, freaking Joe Cullen. But um, yeah, yes, I think with the Glazers, you know, I'm I'm not gonna give them shit for firing coaches because if you just keep your coach, you become the Rams or you become the Jaguars, and you just have the same coach coming back doing the same things. Giving you another losing record. I mean, the Rams are notorious for going seven and nine every year. Right. I mean, who who on earth wants to go seven and nine every season? But that's what Jeff Fisher gives them, and they just keep letting them come back, letting them come back every single year. And every year, it's the same thing. Hey, to, Jeff Fisher, to, you need a you need a quarterback. Now nah, we're good. No, you're not. You're seven and nine every season. Jaguars losing record, losing record, losing record under Gus Bradley. You know what? We're going to stick with Gus Bradley. Oh, why? Because he gives you a st- uh, a stable losing franchise. I don't want a stable <laughs> losing franchise. I want a winning franchise at all costs. Um So well, what about what about a
0: team like the like the Bengals where you got Marvin Lewis who knocks him out every year in the in the playoffs first round and He's never won a playoff game. Yeah.
1: He's never Won a playoff game? That's mind-boggling to me. um They just—I guess yeah.
0: they, he's, I know, they. I don't know. I don't they, know. I guess they—they like him. He must do something. I, well, right.
1: I mean, and the Bengals are a horribly run organization. <laughs> they very cheap, and I mean, they don't want to fire and Lewis because right. they know that they—who are they going to get to replace him? That—that'll that'll work for cheap, dirt cheap. Yeah. I, hey, um, work
0: for dirt cheap and give us ten to twelve wins a year. There you go.
1: It's the, the concern the concern for me is that I'm not sold that Dirk Cutter is the clear right choice. You know, he's not, and i I still gut feeling they I, I feel they tried to go for a big name, didn't get that big name, and now they're uh, settling whatever you want to call it on dirt cutter again, just a gut feeling, but there was, there was a reason it took more than a week to sign cutter when he's in the building every day. Um, And I think they started to react and realize they couldn't get the guy they were going after. So they settled on dirt cutter. And you know, like for a guy who's never been a head coach, I, I do think that there are question marks there. And we all know that if he struggles a little bit in the first couple of years, there's a chance he could be fired. I mean, who's to say that, <laughs> yeah. you know, Dirk Cutter doesn't go out and he just loses control. Again, there's a lot that comes with being a head coach at the NFL, and if he loses control of the team in his first year and he goes 4-12, and 12, <laughs> I, it wouldn't shock me if the Glazers fired him after one season. I mean, they've proven that they will pull the trigger at any moment. So, um, a ah, lot of questions. Yeah. You know, I'm reading and, the, uh, I've got... I'm reading the I've mixer got one chat. Question for you, go ahead, Justin. Go ahead.
2: Um, in in the case of Lovey Smith, like every Bucks fan out there is mad. Do you really think Lovey Smith was the one? No. Or, like everybody's mad, or because we didn't have a, a foreshore fire answer in the in the wings. But was Lovey Smith the guy that's going to bring us to the Super Bowl? Because no, I really don't think that.
1: I, I I didn't think that. I was I was not for the higher when they hired him, I understood why they hired him. And I guess I was wrong because I thought they hired him just to clean up the mess that Greg Chieno yeah, left.
0: Yeah, Instead
1: here. they, they hired him, I guess, to win immediately. Um, but that's how the Glazers are. I, um, you know, from my perspective, I wanted an offensive minded coach the last time they were looking for a head coach and they went with Lovie Smith I, you know, I went in I said, I'm going to keep an open mind, kept an open mind throughout that entire first season. It was a disaster. Um, they were finding different ways to lose each game. To me, that's, that's a bit that's the biggest reflection of a head coach. It's not one area that the, of the team that kept failing. It was everyone and every game was somebody different that was losing the game for them. They ended up with a two and 14 record. They get the number one pick. Okay. He gets Jameis Winston. Right. Um, then he, t- then they'd come in. Okay. Jameis Winston gets it going with this offense under Dirk cutter. They get to six wins, six and six on the season. You've got all this momentum. You've got all this energy and they come out and they lay an egg. I mean, they were so flat in that saints game and it wouldn't surprise me. Nobody's ever going to get the absolute truth or the truth serum, uh, to give to the glazers. Right. But it wouldn't surprise me if after that, Saints game they were like no we're not dealing with this anymore yeah I mean they because there's no excuse for your team to come out in a home game biggest home crowd of the season I think they had bigger crowds that season but to me that was all Bucks fans in that stadium which is much different than going to other sold out games where there's 20,000 fans for the other team this was all Bucks fans rooting for your team to win that game to be in the playoff hunt and it was a total wah, embarrassment. Wah.
0: That Saints yeah. game was such a huge game because everything was right there. The fan base was suddenly re-energized. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, the playoffs are here. We could actually do it this year. We could be a winning franchise. And it was right there in front of them for, to, to take the Saints yeah. If he would have won that game, everybody, everybody in Tampa would have been like, oh, my God, the Bucs are back. Winning record. We have a chance for the playoffs. We just beat the Falcons and the Saints two in a row. And it, it was all right there for him, all there for the taking. Very easy teams. These, it's not like these were juggernaut teams that were impossible to beat. No, no these were that, the these
2: Saints. were winnable games.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It wouldn't it wouldn't have surprised me if Brian and Joel Glazer got together after that Saints game and said, "Unless he wins the last three games, he's done." Right. Yeah, we're we're not going to stand for this. You can't allow your team to come out that flat and you know dirt cutter said himself in a press conference at the end of the season the only thing people give a shit about is winning and he's exactly right <laughs> and I think that's now right. he's but now he's got to win a lot of games early on
0: right um, that's... i
1: i i don't know what the, what kind of pressure they're going to put him under but i think the glazers expect, expect playoffs very very soon right. and for a guy that's never been a head coach before it's a lot of pressure for you. That's look, daunting. Look,
0: Justin, a guy that writes for your website, Scout, um, uh, for for your Scout website, Kyle Marx, he told me something that has resonated with me for the entire season. He says, if head coaches don't start don't start winning in the second year, then that's it. Then they're done, and it's true. Yeah.
1: So I mean, it's not, and it's not just the Bucks. I mean, um, yeah. look at look at Jim Caldwell. He might be fired, and um, he went to the playoffs last year, right? Um, Chip Kelly had what three years, right? Wasn't it three? About, yeah, he yeah, went was ten and years, six, yeah. ten and six, and then this this disaster of a season. Think about that. He went ten and six two straight years, one disaster of a season. fired. Yep. You're gone. Right, get out of here. Three yep. years in. You didn't um, even make
2: the you didn't even make the end of the season. You're done. Although I will say where yeah. he landed
0: in San Francisco makes a hell of a lot of sense and it's very interesting to, to see how that goes down. I
1: I, I actually really like that Me too, Yeah, like forty nine. You know, a lot of people are down on Chip Kelly and I think we forget that in those first two years, he had the Eagles going ten and six each year, and it's not like they had great quarterback play. Um, He never really had an elite quarterback that he was leaning on, Um, but they went ten and six and went to the postseason. I believe didn't they win the division one of those years too? So so, yeah. you know, going to San Francisco, what what do the 49ers have to lose? I mean, they're they're okay. a train wreck going in the wrong direction as well. This let's, is their way of
2: repackaging Kaepernick.
1: Yeah, let's let's hire you again. Let's swing for the fences. Hey, we're either going to hit a home run or we're going to strike out. But we might as well try, because right now the direction we're going is completely the wrong direction. Um, so I, I think Chip Kelly's going to actually do very well with the 49ers.
0: You got Kaepernick signed to this huge deal. Why wouldn't you hire a coach that that, that suits him? So yeah,
1: that's a good hire.
0: I think as much as people want to get, you know, make, make fun of it. But you know, back, back to the whole cutter thing. I'm reading the, I'm reading the chat here and, uh, um, I I hope I'm pronouncing this right. But, uh, what's that Christ? Um, Chad, Chad Del Nista, Chad, Denista?
2: Del Nista, yeah. Del
0: Nista. Uh, he's, he's talking about uh, Dirk Cutter and he says uh, he, he's, he's all for Cutter's attitude. He, he says a little more far, a little more fire will be a nice change. And I, I'd have to agree with him. It's I think Justin, when you're talking about that press conference that he gave after the Saints game, I think it, if the Saints game was Lovey's death sentence, it was also coders coming out part in terms of him just coming out and being real with it and saying, look, we played like shit. We didn't, you know, we didn't do well. And, And I think everybody kind of embraced that and said, look, he's kind of, he's saying what needs to be said. Well, he has the locker room.
1: Yeah. Well, he does the offensive locker room. I I know that. I I don't know. um, I don't know how close he's been with the defensive players, but uh, yeah, I mean that type of attitude is, um, is something that the bucks need. And I hope that they bring in that type of attitude on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know too much about um, about Mike Smith. Uh, I do know, I mean, he was a head coach with Atlanta all those years, but he didn't call the defense. He had defensive coordinators that came in and worked for him there. Um, you know, I'd be curious if the the Bucks ended up going with Mike Smith. You know, who he'd bring in for his staff, but also what type of defense he would run. He ran a 4 3 defense and a 3 4 defense. Um, at least he had defensive coordinators running both while with the Atlanta Falcon. So I wonder if he would run a hybrid defense that we were talking about before 4 3 3 4, but also what type of uh, attitude and aggressiveness that he would bring to the defensive side of the ball and, you know, what type of players he's looking for. You know, we talk about needing angry, mean, nasty players on defense, you know, where does Gerald McCoy fit in? Because he's not a nice guy or he's not a mean guy. He's a nice guy. He's nice all the time. He's nice on the field. I mean, the worst, I think the worst thing the Buccaneers ever did for Gerald McCoy was strap a mic on him and throw him out there in the first game, because we got a chance to listen to Gerald McCoy during a game. And if you go back and you listen to some of the things he said, you're like, this guy's an NFL football player. Like, he's right. way like, too yeah, nice. Sounds, he sounds like <laughs> us on the couch talking to one hey, another. Yeah. Hey, calm down, everyone. It's okay. Sheesh. Everything's going to be fine. Like, <laughs> football players aren't meant to say sheesh on the football field. It's <laughs> yeah. It just, <Yeah>. just <laughs> yeah. should not happen ever. <laughs> mm. Like, you say shit and damn and I'm going to kill you, but you don't say sheesh. Yeah. A
0: little bit of uh, a little bit of saltiness there, sir.
1: Yeah. Who me? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying. I, I no, that words not even in my well, it was never in my vocabulary before, but now I kind of say it because it's kind of funny. He's still got you um,
0: still got blocked though, right?
1: Oh god, he'll always have <laughs> me blocked. <laughs> we it's fine. We've, I, like, I just you know what, you know what's crazy is people called him a bust after his first or second my, season. Myself included. I was I was one and, of those person um, and I defended him. I was a I was a big huge fan of Gerald McCoy, and the more I was like in the locker room at the time, I was spending a lot more time in the locker room than what than I do now. I started to notice that this guy really really likes the spotlight. He likes being the center of attention. He likes the media coming over and talking to him. And you know, I I started taking notice of that, and, and then I started noticing that I. I I just, I started wondering, does this guy want more spotlight on himself than he actually wants to win football games? And then I started watching it from that perspective and, you know, it's kind of, I will say it's kind of tainted my opinion of him and I I'm critical of him because I don't see enough impact plays on a regular basis to justify a hundred million dollar contract. He's not a game changer. Right. And it's not that I want to get rid of a talented player. It's that I want him to be a game changer. I'd much rather him live up to a $100 million contract and change games defensively right. than just get rid of him. But if his mentality, his soft, Nice mentality as the leader and face of the defense, and he's still that leader and face of the defense. If that's filtering to the rest of the defense, and we're sitting here arguing that they're not mean enough, nasty enough, angry enough on the defensive side of the ball, and maybe it's a reflection of their leadership, then maybe they need to change leadership. So, well, you know, that's up for them to to, to decide this offseason. But they they need an attitude adjustment on defense, and that's from Gerald McCoy all the way back to whoever's playing safety. I mean all 11 guys need an attitude adjustment. Maybe Quan Alexander can help provide that because it's hard to do as a rookie. I think he'll be able to do that more as a second year. I, I hope so. Yeah. I really
2: do. I see him being a very impactful player for our defense. Yeah, he will be. You know what? I see I see in our uh, our chat we have Big Sky Buck uh, 76 says and he's we we've, he's, we've said this on this podcast and he's saying it right now. G-Mac's a good player, not a great player, but we're paying him like a great player.
0: Yeah, I think that's what we ultimately arrived at. At this, like, I think he's hit his ceiling. I think he, I think he's just about where he's as good as he's going to be, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a very good defensive tackle, but he's not the great elite offensive tackle that everybody thinks that he is.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and I, I mean, I, I've said this before, but if if my team, like, if we lived in any other city. And they pay a player a hundred million dollar contract, and that player's not even a quarterback. Shouldn't that be? Shouldn't that player forget about Gerald McCoy right now? Shouldn't that player be held to a higher standard? Oh yeah, look at look at
0: look at uh, Houston. They're saying J.J. Watt's name every third play on defense, and he, yeah. the camera's always on the dude. and He's always making plays.
1: You know, and and it's not just about statistics because hey, Gerald McCoy had an eight and a half sacks this year. I find it humorous, I find it um, – eh, God, what's the word? I'm like, well, humorous is a good word. Ironic, but captain, comical. His, comical. Comical is perfect. That's the word I was looking for. I find it comical that I'm sitting here watching a game, and it's like, oh, there's, there's McCoy's sack. What time – oh, 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. You know, it's always like in like yeah. – the uh, the the desert, the barren desert of any football game when you're like, hey, when's a good time to go to the bathroom? Hey, beginning of the second quarter is a great time. Like, <laughs> you should go now. Like, that's when he gets his sacks. Give me a sack to close out a game. Give me an impact sack late in the game. Give me a sack against the Redskins at any point in the second half. Right. Because if yeah. that happens, they they probably beat the Redskins. The Redskins had yeah, to be We don't ever have... You never got to hear the, you like that. You like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, be big I mean, somewhere. It's, it, it's just, if you're going to get that kind of contract, I think you should be held to a higher standard. And if you can't handle it because you're soft, you have a soft mentality, um, you're mentally weak. And this defense is also mentally weak. And I think, Le- uh, Levante David's mentally weak. Um, I think it's all 11 players on defense are mentally weak.
0: Maybe they need to wake up. If you're mentally
1: weak like Gerald McCoy and you can't handle the criticism, yet you're sitting here signing a $100 million contract and you're, oh, I'm going to block people on Twitter and I'm going to do this. And uh, <laughs> I, I just, I can't handle Well, you know, I don't know what to tell you. you That's know, a reflection either of coaching. The job, either, either, the, yeah, either get the job done on the field and live up to your contract or just be aware that you're probably going to feel some heat, you're probably going to feel some criticism.
2: I think soft players were. Reflect- and it is a reflection. Coaches. It is
1: it is a reflection of coaching a little bit. But you know what? His defensive line coach, we've been talking about Joe Collin. His defensive line coach undressed him in one of the games this right. year. Mean? It was in his face. And it was all over the camera, all over TV. And I think a lot of people were stunned by that because um, somebody other than maybe people in the media or fans were criticizing and he was critically being in his face. It wasn't an argument between two people that you he got was yelled berating at him. Yeah. His coach was undressing him on the sideline. And I think it was a shock for a lot of people to see the golden child and Gerald McCoy actually be, uh, be yelled at like that by one of his coaches.
0: Definitely well we got we got about uh fifteen minutes left on the mixer, and uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but bef- before we go let's 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 talk about teams that are shift actually gears a let's let's shift gear and talk about teams that are actually playing right now so let's I don't know let's you want to go through these uh divisional playoff games here? yeah that sounds good yeah so uh first off is uh chiefs Patriots four thirty at uh on Saturday
1: hey real quick go ahead I was I was six points away from winning $20,000 in FanDuel last oh, week on a dollar God. bet. Oh um, shit. <laughs> I had James Starks who got tackled at the 2-yard line and then I had Kirk Cousins and uh Jordan Reed who all I needed was one one garbage touchdown at the end of the game and uh they couldn't do it for me. They had two opportunities and they blew it both oh. times. So <laughs> yeah, it was I mean I still won. I think I ended up winning like 50 bucks on a dollar bet, but God, you're is so Is it just close. that's a big difference though? Is it just oh, like one team is like God. one team
0: you do, or is there like multiple teams that you put together on, on FanDuel?
1: No, you just kinda pick players. Really? It's um I I I usually put in I put in fifty dollars at the beginning of the year and then I play like the one, two dollar game. It just kinda gives me something else something to do, pay attention yeah. to. Um yeah. and it's fun and you can win some money, but I've never I mean I've never won big. I've come right. close a couple of times, but never Get your money I'm back never, at least. They're never going to make a commercial out of me. That's, <laughs> that's what you were wondering. Justin right, Palowski, you Chiefs, of Tampa, Florida. Chiefs, Chiefs Patriots. Um, I don't. I mean, what do you guys think? I, I think this – I'm rooting for the Chiefs in this I, one. So am I, think I Man, the Chiefs have a really good oh, yeah. shot. They, their defense – the last time the Patriots played, they couldn't protect Tom Brady at all against the Dolphins. And the Chiefs have a much better defense and a much better pass rush. Big questions are going to be Justin Houston and Jeremy Macklin. They're both game time decisions, but uh, you know I think Justin Houston's more important because he rushes the quarterback, and if he plays, don't be surprised. I think the Chiefs can keep it close with how great their defense has been playing.
0: Man, if the if the Chiefs win this game against the Patriots, um, I don't know. I, I I like their odds. It's especially against either the Steelers or the Broncos. I I. I I like the Chiefs. I like Andy Reid. I think anytime you have a, a an Andy Reid coach team, you you kind of have a you have a shot to go pretty far. I said I said a, a long time ago that I think the Chiefs are are destined to go deep into the playoffs, and I hope this is the year.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think Alex Smith is kind of right on the cusp. I think people still consider him an average quarterback. Right. Some consider him a good quarterback. You know, he he puts together. He, he doesn't have a lot of weapons to work with either. So if he can find a way to put up some points and the defense plays great, yeah, I could see them. I could see them getting past the Patriots, and then either the Chiefs are in a great position because they're either going to go on the road to Denver, their arch rival, their division rival, um, and Denver will be with who Peyton Manning or Brock Osweiler. Yeah. I honestly think the Chiefs would be. I mean, they they'd be right there. I, I don't know if they'd be a favorite in the game since it's on the road but I, it wouldn't shock me at all if they went on the road and beat the broncos to go to the super bowl or if the steelers win the chiefs are at home in arrowhead to face the steelers to go to the super bowl um the chiefs they're a team to look out for and um the, the i think their biggest hurdle will be the uh, patriots this weekend if they get by them don't be surprised if the Chiefs end up in the Super Bowl this I, year. I
0: think this this game right here is your eventual Super Bowl uh, representee for the AFC. Yeah, this is your quasi yeah.
2: AFC championship. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could see it, and um, you know, I, I'm, I was just starting to think, like, geez, we're we're talking Super Bowl fifty. I mean, this is the big fifty. Everyone's been waiting to get to this Super Bowl fifty in San Francisco, Santa Clara, wherever the stadium is. And on the AFC side, you think about these teams in the history of the NFL, the Steelers, the Patriots, and all their recent history and recent success. And the Chiefs had all that success way back in the 70s. And, um, you know, even into the 80s, they had uh, what they had. Was that 90, 80s or 90s? They had Christian Okoye and they had um, Derek Thomas. And they, had, they were they were one of my favorite teams to follow growing up and you know now they're really putting it together for another surge, and then of course you got the Broncos and the Super Bowls that they've won. So I think the AFC is going to produce a uh, a very good champion to represent their conference. And I agree with you. I think it's either going to be the Patriots or Chiefs, the winner of that game this Sunday or Nick, this Saturday.
0: Nick, who you got for Chiefs Patriots? Uh, Patriots. Oh, you son of a bitch! You would.
1: I do. I just... I'll say. I'm going to take the Patriots as well. I think it's ah. going to be close. I'm hoping for the Chiefs, but I think the Patriots at home in the playoffs, there's something special.
2: Yeah, that's that's just yeah. a winning, and the fact that Gronk has got his knee all shot up and, and ready to yeah. performance enhanced. Yeah, I and saw the other
1: guy OD'd on something.
2: So <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I saw something on Facebook this
0: week. It says never go against the Chief, or never go against the Patriots or the or Alabama. So yeah, I guess uh I'm going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs on this one. All right, so so uh that Saturday the next the very next game after that is as Packers and Cardinals, a huge matchup. Uh that I I am so excited for this game. Uh obviously the, the Packers uh just just barely got by it seemed like in the uh, last game, I mean, just kind of squeaked that one out at the, at the very end. <laughs> and they're going against the, the, the Cardinals, who obviously blew them out uh, the last time that they met. So here's their second meeting. And as we know, oh, yeah. very, very hard to know, beat any team. Go ahead, Justin.
1: And, and who knows? I mean, if, if, if stupid Deshaun Jackson runs into the end zone or sticks the ball out into the end zone and they don't settle for a field goal early on in that game, we could have been talking about the uh, the Redskins being up 15, 16, 17, nothing. That's true. Rather, they were up 11, nothing early on in that game. Yeah. I think that was a big difference. And, you know, to allow Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to come back, um, everyone's jumping on this bandwagon again. Maybe the Packers are back. Maybe they're not. The Cardinals are a special football team. They've got an explosive offense, big play offense, and their defense is fantastic. And right. their pass rush is fantastic. Um, I, yeah, they get I, solid pressure out of front four. I, I don't know if this game's even close because I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to have any time to throw the football. And I damn sure know they're not going to be able to run the football. Yeah. So I don't know how the Packers are going to be able to score. Um, it's going They're going to have to get rid of the ball like lightning fast. Um, but ultimately, I, I think the Cardinals win.
0: Look, I, I love the Packers because a, a friend of ours who does a podcast or who's who's our uh, third co-host uh, usually, uh, he's a big Packers fan. I, I, I like them a lot. I just don't think that this is their year. And not, I, think,
2: I was about to say this is not the best representation of the Packers.
0: Yeah, and I think when you when you match the Packers defense up with the with the Cardinals offense, it's just good things aren't going to happen. Look, they played a mediocre Kirk Cousins last last week, and uh, you know. It, I just think this is the perfect storm for for a a win for for the, the Cardinals. I don't think the Packers have come out of this game uh, winners. I, I'm going. Yeah, Cardinals it's
1: order. it's crazy because the Vikings won that game at the end of the season, and they actually lost the matchup war because they had to face the Seahawks in the first yeah. round of the playoffs. Rather, and yeah, the rather Packers than just playing. Get, yeah, the Packers Washington. had to go on the road and face, ooh, the Redskins. The Redskins <laughs> were smoking mirrors, yeah. and um, I think the Packers are smoking mirrors right now. That's why I think the uh, Cardinals will win. I would
0: agree with that. Nick, your thoughts? Oh, well, I've got Arizona all day. Arizona, okay, all for Arizona. All right, so let's uh, go to our Sunday game, 1.30 Sunday, uh, Seahawks and the 15-1 uh, and 1 Panthers. Uh, what do we think, guys? I, I don't know, to be honest.
1: In my opinion, this is, this is the
0: closest game.
2: This is my this is the closest game of the weekend for me.
0: I mean, the last time they played Panthers just barely came back in the fourth quarter, and it was a you know epic comeback. And the Seahawks were right there, ready to hand them their first loss, and Panthers were able to come back on them. Seahawks are on fire right now, and it kind of seemed like the Panthers a little bit backed into the postseason, even though they they blew out the Bucks. But who are the Bucks? <laughs> and, and they they lost to Bucks Atlanta. The yeah, so. Uh, God, I, I, this is a tough one. My heart says I want to just see Carolina lose. I hate the Panthers. I want to see them uh-huh. lose. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't know. My gut kind of says that that Cam Newton is going to find a way to win, that their defense is going to keep it close. And I think I'm going Panthers this game.
1: I think the Seahawks win by two scores.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I just – I have a funny feeling – that the Seahawks are going to put it together. Um, Cam Newton has made chicken salad out of chicken shit all season offensively, but they don't really have many weapons for him to throw to. I think they shut down Greg Olson. That'll be the main task of that defense. Um, We know the Seahawks defense is very physical, and they'll find a way to slow down the rushing attack. Jonathan Stewart's been injured. He's not on the injury report this week, but he's been injured for a while now. Um, And then defensively, we know Carolina's got a great defense, but Seahawks have a great offense and they're very small and they're very quick. And they've got these receivers that run all over the field. And I really think that they are going to be able to zigzag their way through that Carolina Panther defense. And I just have a feeling, I think this is going to be a game where it's like 28 to 20, maybe, Uh. maybe it's eight points, maybe it's nine points. But um I don't think it's going to be a three point game. I, I think it I think it's gonna be eight, nine, ten point difference and Seahawks win. It's gonna be a
0: fun game. Nick, I've got
1: I've got Seattle. It should be a fun game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So finally, uh the our four forty game on Sunday is the, the Steelers and the Broncos, both teams
2: that have just kind of you know <laughs> they're here. They're here in the playoffs. Here they are. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of them representing the number one seed in the AFC. I don't know Peyton Manning starting for the Broncos and it just feels wrong. I feel so bad for Oswald.
1: He's got. I mean, I feel I feel bad because I've been following the Bucks stuff all week and you know all this coaching stuff. Is Roethlisberger playing?
2: I that's that's what I hear. Supposedly he's going to play through the pain because there's no <laughs> more there's no structural damage, but he can just. Okay you know, it's going to be a cortisone shot at beginning and ahead of halftime. You can't go far on that, son. Yeah, that's that's not good.
1: I really want a cortisone shot right now just because.
0: Yeah, I just want to see what it's like.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, you guys want to just see some cortisone
2: and just see what just, happens? Just like after a hard day, be like, oh, I could do this. Yeah. Oh.
1: I just remembered that the uh, the uh, presidential debate is on, so I'm going to just turn that on while we're talking.
2: Oh, no problem. We're, we're, we'll, I was about to say, that's probably what I'm going to be turning to.
0: We're gonna, we're, here.
1: We'll
2: wrap it up in a
0: second. <laughs> I, I don't know. This game is like a coin flip to me. Flip a coin, that's I, who wins.
1: Honestly, I think this game could be the closest game yeah? of the weekend because I don't really. neither team really blows me away. I think if um, the Steelers were 100% healthy, they would be the um, favorites. But they're not, and Roethlisberger's not. So that's a concern. And uh, the Broncos, what? Oh, oh, Peyton Manning might start. Oh, great. Well, he's shit in the playoffs. Yeah, he so, is. He's terrible. I mean, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. Maybe this um, year
2: that he, that he was bad in the regular season, maybe he just turned it around.
1: Bingo. You just nailed it. Um, they haven't had a run game all season long. Their offensive line has been a joke. Their defense is damn good. So, you know, at home defense is really good. I'll go with the Broncos to squeak out maybe a low scoring game. Um, I could be very wrong because maybe Roethlisberger comes out and he's playing through pain, but he's able to throw the football. Um, if that's the case, I think the Steelers can score some points, but if Roethlisberger's hurting and he's not the same quarterback, Give me the Broncos, even with their struggles offensively. I think their defense can carry them in this game. In this game alone.
0: I would agree because I think that the the, the Patriot, or not the Patriots, but the uh, the Steelers secondary is terrible. So oh, terrible. Yeah. yeah. So I think that the the Broncos are going to be able to pass it on them, and as long as their their defense holds steady, I think they'll squeak out the game.
2: I would agree. I'd say. Uh, Got it.
0: Yep. Oh, the there you go, son. <laughs> just Playoffs locked down. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, where can everybody find uh everything that you do?
1: Uh it's at bucksblitz.com dot com. It's the website, part of scout dot com. Um I'm actually recording a podcast as soon as we're done. Oh nice. So uh pretty much everything I just said for the last hour, I'm gonna say it again. Uh so that'll be cool. And this was your practice. Yeah, this was my practice. Now I know exactly what I want yeah, to exactly. say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, let's see what else. Oh, uh, it's at Commission online on Twitter or at TB Bucks on Scout for the uh, Bucks Blitz Twitter account. And I think that's it. I'm not going to give you my cell phone number. So God, shit. It's well, I mean, I'll to give work, you Kyle. my cell phone big, number, but I'm not going to give it to big the four other people listening.
0: This is all a big ruse to get your cell phone number. Everybody was trying to get it. Okay. Hey, that
1: that guy said on Twitter that you only get 12 listeners. Were you lying? Do you get less than 12? I guess
0: I, I get. Well, if if we're going by the mixer stat, we get about 40. So he can go fuck himself.
1: Cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck you,
0: motherfucker. Yeah. All right. So. Um. Uh, we're going to we're going to take a quick break. Uh, after we come back from the break, Rays made a huge stadium deal, so we'll talk about that. Uh, and and
1: the, bu- and the Bucks pissed all over it. The, <laughs> like, they, sure like, they make the there's this big news. Hey, Rays get the stadium deal. This is great. And then like a half hour later, oh yeah. We hired a head coach. That's, that's cute news. Now everyone talk about us. We <laughs> hired our coach. Like, come on, Bucks. At least let the Rays have an hour. God.
0: <laughs> and the uh, the Lightning are winners of 3 straight now that Pollard is back. So we're going to talk about that after the break. So Justin, thank you so much for joining thanks, us guys. and uh, thank, you, yeah. thank you very much. We'll see you later.
1: All right, guys, thanks.
0: Thanks. I mean? boom. Oh, boom, shakalaka uh What's up, guys? It's Scott here to talk to you about audibletrial.com slash shark. Um, I'm interrupting this podcast. Fuck this shit. I'm f- coming on am. Muscle on I need to tell you about some books, son. Uh, if you go to audibletrial.com slash shark, of course, as you know, it's frequently listeners to this podcast, I've been saying this for most of a year now. Happy anniversary. uh you can get yourself a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. Uh, you can get over or one of their 180,000 titles. Uh, it's a great service. I use it a lot when I am driving, or when I'm at the gym, or when I just don't feel like reading. When I don't feel like reading. Uh, so it's you know you, they just put all the Harry Potter books out there, as um, narrated by Jim Dale. Fucking like classic shit. Uh, y- you can go in here. Uh, any number of books that I just read *The Martian* by Andy Weir. Uh, that's on Audible, and it's a very uh, entertaining look at the well, it's actually a really good look at the, the you know what it could be like to land on Mars. Uh, but if you've actually seen the movie, uh, it's a good thing to like read the book or at least listen to the book because you get a little like you get a lot of content, you get a little stuff that they, they couldn't throw in the movie, but in the book. So once again, that that address is slash shark Go there now. If you have enjoyed an iPod, a Kindle, an MP3 player, guess what? They got books for you, son. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, everybody, for staying staying tuned. Hope you enjoyed the part with the with Justin Pulaski, the commish. Great dude, man. <laughs> Great, yeah, I was about to say. I'm so happy to talk to that guy every time. He's a dude that I just – I used to listen to him all the time on the radio, and I'm like, ah, oh, he seems like such a cool guy, but he's just <laughs> –
2: one uh when you give him the freedom and param- uh, uh cussing, he really does become like a fan, like you can tell he's he likes his bucks
0: it's just he's the like i know if I would have called into a show, he would have just like shut me down on shit and just be like okay next caller because he's on he's on obviously he's on the radio, but like when you when you can like sit down and talk to him one on one he's just he's just he's a really cool guy he's a really cool guy
2: oh yeah, this is the unique opportunity to get to talk to him as a equal rather than you know. Oh my god! I have thirty seconds to make an impression on you. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And plus, he's doing a show. He's on the radio, so he's he's got to he's got to be entertaining to to a whole wide demographic of people, not just like you know uh, this this narrow demographic that we try to hit with the podcast. So just I, just cool guy. I'm always I'm always very impressed after I talk to him. Just just or just it, just, it gives me a warm feeling in my heart that he's just a
2: good guy. So. Don't worry, Anthony. We will talk about the Lightning, just not right now.
0: No, nah, fuck the Lightning. Fuck those guys. Football, <laughs>
2: football. You, you mean you mean baseball?
0: Baseball, yeah, baseball. That's what we're talking about. Um, so Kyle, uh, bury the lead. No, I, I won't anymore. Uh, a, as we all know, the the, uh, the the city council met today, and it's kind of it, it was such a weird, strange thing because Stu Sternberg was actually at the, the city council meeting, which he hasn't done before. So he must have known, right? I mean, he must have known, like, okay, they're going to approve my deal and jerk my dick off, and and I'm going to get my new stadium. Uh, but it, it was sort of a surprising move to see him there at at the city council meeting, and he, and he addressed the press, and he had he had he talked for a little bit, and they let a few speakers come up and and, and talk to the the city council, and as expected, uh, the I think it was five to four they voted in favor of the deal of uh, the the Tampa Bay Rays are now able to look elsewhere for a stadium. And by elsewhere, I mean uh, they can look in Tampa. They, 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 can, they can survey their oh, options. Yeah, the place
2: where it makes sense.
0: Yeah, the place where it makes sense. Uh, however, I will say that, that the Rays did get they, – they put a little honey into the pot to make it a little bit more interesting for uh, the Rays to stay in uh, St. Petersburg. Uh, there are there provisions in the the actual deal – uh that would like say they they vacate the trop space they they would be oh christ i should you know i should probably should have brought this up you know i covered
2: it on the goddamn page no, no, i was about to say you might be a little more prepared but you know yeah
0: uh what the fuck ever sue me <laughs>
2: yeah we never do we never do this wrong anyway right and the
0: crowd goes quiet nine listeners now Everybody's like fuck these guys <laughs> justin was the real dad i don't know what the fuck they're talking about <laughs> um
2: Shout out to the stadium. Stadium. I was about draw. to say, yeah. Shout, shout out to the stadium is what I'm trying to pull up now. But. Yeah, he's
0: got it all covered. Uh, but but essentially, they make it they make it sweet for the uh, for the Rays to stay in St. Pete, and if they leave, then it's it, it's going to cost them a little bit more. Uh, so what so what's next? As we know, blah blah blah. blah,
2: blah. What do You mean a little bit more, like relatively, or a lot? A little bit more. F- fucking a. I
0: wish I can I wish I can find it right off the bat. I, I talked about it on the uh, the patreon exclusive podcast, which
2: you can oh, to, then Anthony should remember.
0: you can go to SharkDropper.com next to the home button there's a patreon link if you wish to, uh, if you wish to uh, give us a little bit of uh, Kish, you can uh, hear the exclusive content that we provide where I talk about the Ray <laughs> Stadium deal in in uh in excess,
2: but we were... Wait, hold on, I, I think you need to like it, it, we need to re. Or... it is a little bit of cash, very very little bit. it's a dollar a month. Basically a dollar a month. I mean, basically it is actually a dollar. It's not basically it is a dollar a month. Shut
0: your whore mouth. Okay. I can't find it. Oh well. But it's basically the long and short of it is this: Uh, the the city council has made it sweeter for the Rays to stay in St. Pete. You know, slightly uh, when when talking about a billion dollar franchise, Uh, and they made it a little bit. A little less sweet to move out of uh, St. Petersburg. In the big picture of things, they can do whatever the fuck they want. They don't care either way. You know, They're just going to try to find a stadium, and and that's it. The big thing here is this. I think the the big takeaway is this. This isn't a a huge victory. This is just the first step. It's not a victory so much as it is a step in the right direction. You know what I mean? There's going to be there's going to be uh, more hurdles to, to Karras because he's going to – Stu's going to find his place. He's going to say, okay, here's the place. Put in the stadium there. This is it. Suck my dick. Whoop. And then yep. and then uh, everybody's going to turn around and say, uh, so who's going to pay for it? He's going to be like, well, you're going to pay for it. And we're going like, bullshit, well, we're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. And then he's going to be yeah. like, y- you broke the ruse. And we're going to be like, you broke
2: it. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm going to go down this path of uh – well, uh, you're going to pay for most of it, and then you're going to have to have a 1%. It's just going to be a bunch of, we're going to turn it into politics.
0: Yeah, look, th- this, is, this whole bit pissing and moaning and Montreal threats are not going to go away. That's the, I think that's the big takeaway from this. People are saying, fuck you, we're not going to Montreal. That's not the case. With this deal, the, this deal that just got approved, the Rays are allowed to play 10 home games wherever the fuck they want to play them. Do you realize that? Ten, home, they can take they're, they're, they can take ten home games away from us and say, "Hey, I want to go play. Uh, I'm going to go to the Astrodome, play some baseball there.
2: All ten of them.
0: Yeah, or I want to go to uh, let's see Olympic Stadium and play some games there, or or, or or something like that. That's what this gives them the right to do, and it's it's been approved. So you know if if Stu truly wants to move the team to Montreal, he's going to show his hand sooner rather than or I wouldn't say sooner rather than later, but he's eventually going to show
2: his hand. He's got I would assume it would be sooner. Yeah, he's if he's gonna want because you know the, if he waits until the middle of the season, you're pushing off a, another whole another season.
0: Right, and you know one one would think that I would have gotten Shadow of the Stadium on the goddamn podcast here to talk to talk about it after Justin Kowalski. I mean, one would think,
2: but if one would think, one would not be li- think, listening to Word of the Bay.
0: Oh, of course. Uh, okay, no, here it is. Okay. The new tweaks to the 2015 deal. The Rays cannot sign the deal for a new home in Pinellas or Hillsborough County for at least six months, quote, in order to give the city of St. Petersburg and our community uh, an opportunity to make our case that the Rays' current location, enhanced by future development, is the best long-term location, unquote. Uh, the, Rays can also, uh, the Rays also cannot leave St. Pete before 2018. Uh, so uh, I, I believe if they find a deal or if they find a stadium uh, – before then, before 2018, I believe that, that they, they can go ahead and do that. But if they want to leave St. Pete, they can't do it before 2018. Uh, the, Rays will pay up to, <laughs> the Rays will pay 50% up to $100,000 of, quote, city-directed master plan for Tropicana field site redevelopment. Um, so uh, I, I can't remember what, that, what where that was beforehand, but I guess it's that 50%. And then finally, the Rays are eligible for trap related redevelopment incentives if they stay in St. Pete. So whatever redevelopment that happens so, on that Tropicana field site, the Rays can get that money if they stay in St. Pete. I was about to say, it's all tied to them not leaving. Right. Uh, obviously, though, it's Major League Baseball, and it's a lucrative business. They don't give a fuck, so they'll leave if they want to leave. So I don't know. It'll, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens at this point, you know? Uh, it, I, one would think that they're going to go to Tampa. I think that's the most logical choice out of all this. But when have we ever been logical? That's true. Look, put the goddamn stadium in the bay, float it across every once in a while on a giant barge and then go fuck
2: yourself. There you go. There's your stadium. You know, buying a, enough land for a or buying a, buying a, a few acres for your actual field and parking lot and everything you need for it. I wonder if it's just cheaper to buy enough like tugboats oh, and somebody uh, Yeah, and just kind of like you know, drag it around to the bay. We we'll, we'll We can retouch on this. You know, we can go play a Skyway game and then, you know. Look, no, no. We can do like a booze cruise. No, people can get on here. The whole stadium becomes a water taxi. And then you move people from St. Pete to Tampa.
0: Look, uh, the Shadow of the Stadium blog, Noah Pransky, who we've had on this podcast before, who you can listen to, he has called this almost to a T. So if you want to, if you want to know what the fuck's going to happen, follow that guy. I mean, he. It's going to be a long time still before we get a stadium, and there's going to be more bullshit that we have to trudge through before we get even close to a raised stadium. So, this, yes, this is, this is a, a step in the right direction. But, there's but still, it's the first step. It's the first step, and there's a long way to go in this process. But it's a good step. It's a step in the right direction. I'll say that. We've, we've taken a step in the right direction, and we're, we're, we're ready to, uh, to seek out some. Some goddamn uh, stadium sites.
2: So I want to know is because we touched on this a few times on this uh, show that unlike other other uh, professional sports, our season tickets holders was two to one for our suites. What, what was that ratio? Uh, I think it
0: was like seventy thirty something like that, and everywhere else is like thirty seventy. Right. It's 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 30 percent season ticket holders and 70 percent corporations. Were. So I
2: wonder if maybe,
0: you know, I could be th- I could be totally to- wrong on that, but I think it's it's yeah. somewhere close to that. But it's our show.
2: It's fact. Right. Yeah. It's fact. So
0: <laughs> when <laughs> heard on word of the bay, there it is. It's
2: fact. When you get to talking about or like to Tampa, would that the bigger companies come into play there? Wouldn't that be easier? To- oh, Absolutely.
0: I think the further out of downtown St. Petersburg you move towards towards Tampa, and I hate to say it because I live... I can throw a rock and hit the wall of Tropicana Field where I live right now.
2: Yeah, but you're also really... You have a really strong arm. That's not... And I got Yeah, I got a fucking Canada. But
0: uh, I think that the further away that you move from downtown St. Petersburg, the better it gets in terms of just corporate sponsorship and, and the amount of people that are, that are going to come to your game. Look... It's tough to get down here. Not a lot of people want to come down here, and it's it's a pain in the dick to 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 do it, uh, especially if you're not a local. Look, I'm I grew up here, so I know I know that you don't take 275 to, to the goddamn game. You take 16th Street, all the way up and hang a right, go park in the grass, and then you're in the goddamn stadium.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. But and don't pay. Don't give your money that a homeless guy standing in front of the parking spots. That's not his job. Yeah, but people don't
0: know that. Same with same with downtown Tampa. Somebody living in downtown Tampa or, or at least Tampa prime. They know how to go to a lightning game. I have no fucking clue. I'll just go up. Oh, you know, just go up. Ashley I'm like going to follow up these other people. Yeah, in blue jerseys. Go down Ashley like a dickhead. Take a left
2: and uh, I don't know, park in the garage or something. <laughs> so, like, it's. I think the. You know cl- what, Kyle? That that's going to be your. Uh, that's going to eventually be your Rays experience if they have their way. Yeah, you're right. At 20 games a year, I'm still going to do. I'm still going. Regardless of where they go, I'm still going to try to do 20 games a year. Can I, a team be sponsored by another team? Like, <laughs> oh, could Vinick no, Vinic help <laughs> the Rays out by having the Tampa Bay Lightning? Vinick gives no fucks
0: about the Rays. <laughs> <He laughs> Let me just zero. tell you, he do, he gives zero fucks. He's a Boston fan I'm through and through. He loves him some I, I, he's a Red Sox fan, I guarantee it. There's of course. Red Sox. There's a Red Sox uh, cap somewhere in his his closet. And a fucking Nomar Garcia Parra
2: jersey. Any Nomar. Wore. Yeah, I know fucking Nomar. Hey, guess what? Yeah, he Nomar can't be Nomar can't be elected into the um, baseball hall Nomar of fame. got
0: snubbed for the Hall of Fame there, buddy
2: it was on his last attempt. So hey listen, he, he's only going to get a right in. Hey, if we
0: if fucking the Patriots had Danny Amendola and and they had and no goddamn basketball. Julian Edel, Julian Edelman, we kicked the shit out of the Chiefs. But you know what? We don't. So I'll go fuck you. Fuck you. We're still going to win cuz we got uh, Tom Brady. You got Alex Smith. Fucking
2: <laughs> fucking hate the Patriots so much. <laughs> uh,
0: it, it's 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 going to be tough, but um I think it's we're we're a step in the right direction, and then yes, there's this is there's the reason patience. to be positive. Yeah, there's patience. reason to be positive. Patience, patience, all everybody,
2: patience. So, um, hockey. Yeah, it was just say, three in a row, three oh, in a row,
0: four out of the last
2: five. Go fuck ooh. yourselves. We've um we've started we've set that bar. We are now the number one wild card team. That's right. Yeah, come at us. And Druin is still on the team. Well, in the system, I should say. He's not on the team, and he's he's in Syracuse.
0: You know, speaking of Druin, Anthony at Strike Twice TB and I had a
2: very... Oh, I've heard about that guy.
0: We had a very long conversation about Jonathan Druin. A lot of good points made, and uh, you can listen to that podcast on Patreon. Go to SharkDropper.com, and right next to the home button is the Patreon button. You can listen to that podcast. Anthony and I talk at length about the Druin situation uh, so you can listen to that there.
2: I was, I'm assuming Anthony's um, demeanor towards Druin is a little nicer than mine. It's very
0: nice, yeah. I think, and I, I and
2: fuck d- him. Look, he
0: influences my. He he's got a lot of hockey knowledge, so I respect him as a hockey fan. So I, I sort oh, of, yeah. I sort of see where he's coming from on the whole Druin situation, and I I, I more or less agree with it. I, you know,
2: yeah. Fuck him. Get out of my team.
0: We're not here to talk about that. Look, uh, Palat's back. The team has has found some consistency. Finally, we have we have every every. It seems like we're we're firing on all cylinders right now. And then what? What better time to be firing on all cylinders when the goddamn Penguins come to town? And here we go. Penguins are in town, and then the Panthers on Sunday, uh, which is turning into two huge matchups. Two. (laughs) Big, big matchups. And, and what yep. a better time for us to be hot coming off a West Coast road trip than
2: this. So. If we can win five in a row, meaning that we win Pittsburgh and um, the Florida game, that is a we are here moment for the Lightning. That's, uh, that's, oh that's saying God.
0: we're back. We're yep. back.
2: Well, uh, speaking of a, a, a defining moment, so Ben Bishop is a uh, St. Louis Rams fan, you heard. Yes. And uh, he was happy to beat Stan Kroenke's team, the Colorado Avalanche, and he shut him out 4 nothing. Yeah, not only the beat them, day, but shut them out. Yeah, the day that uh, his team got moved out of St. Louis and, and uh, into L.A. So as a Rays fan, I'll say this much. As a Rays fan, uh, I'm going to tip my cap off and uh, oh, yeah. give a word of silence for St. Louis because they lost a the team, and that sucks.
0: I am wearing my Tampa Bay Lightning hat right now, so I'm, I will take my Lightning hat off and tip it to Mr. Ben Bishop, and uh, good on you, man.
2: Good on yeah. you. Sorry, St. Louis. That's had this is twice for them. They lost the uh, Cardinals too.
0: Yeah. Oh shit, dude. I wish that Way upon back when. I wish that upon nobody. Yeah. That is that is heartbreaking. You you greedy fucking owners that need to need to bring a, a football team so badly to, to Los Angeles instead of making it work where you are. Fuck you, man. Look at look at the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals are a fucking institution. OK, and you can't do that because you're weak. At, you're you're fucking you're weak. You're weak. OK, Yeah. you're weak. Yeah. You decided to
2: take the easy route. Up.
0: Yeah, you can't you can't make it work there. Bullshit. You can't make it work there. Look at the fucking Royals. Look at look at uh, the, the Cardinals. OK, don't don't give me that shit. You're, yeah. you're a weak ass bitch. You can't make it work. You're marketing and shit. If you can't make it work at St. Louis, you're not going to make it work in fucking L.A. I was about
2: to say, St. Louis is a fucking amazing city. How can you not make it work in St. Louis, Missouri? God,
0: it pisses me off. These greedy fucking owners, man.
2: Ugh. It pisses if me off. If there's a team in Jacksonville, there can be a team in St. Louis. I mean, for Christ's sake. My heart goes out to Rams fans. I, yeah, I do. I feel so bad. Uh, yeah. I, and uh, let me be the first one to open that door. Come, uh, come join the Bucks. Come we're the we're Bucks. just on a roller coaster. You hey. could be like a whole new team.
0: Yeah, I remember 1998-99 when we had that big rivalry and you hated us, but you, you kind of liked us. Just come, yeah. come like us full time.
2: Yeah, Kurt, Kurt Warner likes us and everybody loves him. Uh, that's, that sucks. That
0: sucks. Man. Go Cardinals! I hope the Cardinals destroy the Dodgers somehow in the fucking AL or NLDS or NLCS. <laughs> the Cardinals just put a fucking sweep whooping on the goddamn the Dodgers. Lose, the Blues knock the and they Avalanche out of the playoffs. Jam their cocks down their throat.
2: <laughs> okay, wow. All right. So
0: <laughs> clearly, fucking so Wayno just goes out there, perfect games them, and I just, uh, just, uh, just come on.
2: Ah, uh, all right. Well. Yeah. I'm done. I don't know. I'm not done. I got no more. I've got no more. Wait, what other sports things do you want to talk about?
0: Uh, go Lightning. Well, uh, yes. Beat, yes. Beat the Pens. Got Marc-Andre Fleury. Got uh, Sidney Crosby. And you got Martin. Malkin. They're all there. They're all healthy. And uh, it's going to be a tough game to win. That is going to be the test. If we win this game... If we win this game, if the if the Lightning win this game on Friday, we're back. That's all I'm going to say. We're back. Four games in a row, and then a win, a huge home win against the uh, against the, the Penguins in front of our in front of the home crowd, in front of all those fucking uh, 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 Pittsburgh fans that are going to be there in Amalie Arena. Yeah, it's going to be
2: the fucking third yellow.
0: If we win that game, we're back, son. We're back. Don't care what you say. We're back. You just can't lose both of them. If we lose, we if, if we, we lose, eh, not not a huge deal. But I will say, but like if we winning this game will be a statement. Yes,
2: statement victory. There's a few every season. This would definitely be one of them. And to follow it up with a Panthers victory would be even, in my opinion, a bigger one. It'd
0: be, yeah, it would actually be a bigger one uh, because the, the the Panthers are uh, they're the cream of the crop right now. Playing some good hockey right now. I'd say one. We got to win one of those. If we drop both of them, we're fucked. <laughs> but, but whoa, uh,
2: whoa, whoa! It's a long. All right, season. we're not
0: fucked. Drop both of them. I'll be highly disappointed. Win one of them. Be very disappointed. I, win I one be, of them. Uh, I'll be fine. Win both of them. I'll be absolutely ecstatic. To be honest, I see. I see us winning one of those.
2: I see. Yeah, I see the uh, the Pens game being the victory, and I, I think the Panthers is going to be harder than we think. Yeah, we always seem to underestimate. Uh oh, not Aaron Eckblack.
0: Oh shit! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, cripple Yamir Yager before the game.
2: And brb. Yeah, brb, guys. I'm going down to Sunrise and fucking pfft, cripple. For some reason, and I <laughs> for some reason I was like, "Why is he bowling?"
0: Ha uh, <laughs> ha! For those that don't joke,
2: <laughs> ding ding ding. Saint
0: <laughs> Petersburg there used to be a bowling lane called Sunrise Bowling.
2: Ha ha ha!
0: Podcast. Topical. Uh, topical. All yeah. right. Okay. All right. Kyle, where can they find us and what we do? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You know, we've got the we've had the largest Mixler crowd. We probably should have told them before Justin left, but ah eh, fuck it, who cares? Uh, all you 10 guys out there, uh, we are uh, available uh, on sharkdropper.com that is www.sharkdropper.com just like it sounds, sharkdropper. Uh it we we don't do just this podcast. We do about 10 11 different podcasts. We have fictional podcast where uh, I play detective Nick plays a man who is going through the apocalypse running from asteroids running from asteroids uh, our friend Jonathan plays a man who's who's suffering from sleep paralysis in a horrifying way those are three fictional podcasts that you can find on the sharkdropper.com website Uh, we also rate and review horror video games it's called the horror play podcast you can check that out as well we do a top five countdown of of everything from our top five, oh, Jesus, what was this week? Top five hardest boss battles in video games to our top five favorite fast foods. Uh, you can find that as well on SharkTropper.com. You can listen to the SharkTropper podcast, which is just four assholes and a microphone. Any podcast you've ever heard before, it's the SharkTropper podcast. Listen to that bullshit. But it's about us. It's and about our, us. Our bullshit.
2: And our bullshit. Um, and uh, if you have any Amazon shopping to much, do, much, much more, just go to our, sh- our website first, at the top of the page, you have to take your ad block off. At the top of the page, there's a Amazon link. Click it. Go to your shopping. We get some of the proceeds, and it charges you nothing extra. So if you want a free way to help us out, go do that.
0: And finally, we've mentioned about three times on this podcast, but if you, if you like what we do, you want a little bit more, and you want to find a way to support us, go to pay the, the, our Patreon website. It's at SharkDropper.com. Next to the home button is the Patreon button. Uh, and uh, as I've said, I've I I put a little solo podcast on there where I go on and I I rant about Lovey Smith and then Anthony Strike Twice TB. He joins me in the second half and we, we talk a little bit about Jonathan Druin, we talk about the state of the lightning, we talk about the state of the rays, and we have a little bit of a deep discussion, him and I. We, we, we get into it. So if you, if you want to hear that... And that's just
2: one of the uh, the podcasts you get there.
0: Yes. If, if you want to hear some some good, 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 good discussion on the lightning, if you want to hear some a little bit of uh, bullshit between two guys, go check that out. It's on Patreon right now. I'm going to keep doing things like that. Uh, I'm sure Nick will, will, will likely it. Yeah, we'll do, jump on now. We'll, we'll, we'll jump a few things on. We're, we're going to get our shit together. We're I'm going to put things on that Patreon website uh, that you guys can enjoy and make it worth your while to be a subscriber. You're going to get a little bit of extra content that people won't get on the podcast. The podcast will remain free forever, but there's, well, go, there's, free, gonna, there's going to be a little bit more on Patreon. It's so. just a little more polished. Yeah, will say that much. Well, not more polished, but you can if you like what we do and you want a little bit more content, Patreon's your,
2: your way to get that. So... Whew. And there, as as always, there's the iTunes rate review.
0: That is it, man. That is it. I've done a lot of talking. <sighs> we
2: nailed it. Nailed we it.
0: Nailed it. Nailed another one. in the books. Pulowski, Nick, <laughs> me, myself, all you We're all in the books. Come on, Irene. Uh, oh, I remember at right. this moment.
2: All right. These people didn't want to hear us sing. They want to hear us talk about sports. And we're done talking about sports. We're done talking about sports. All right. That was Word of the Bay for this week. My name is Vin Kyle. My name is Nick.
0: And we will see all you motherfuckers next week. Bye.
2: Seconds to shark drop. Five, four, three, two, one. Drop the shark! Go! 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 The following podcast is a Shark Dropper Studios production.